I came to First Class Reels, I was trying to find someone to do my reel for me. The reason I wanted to get my reel done was because every like, agent I'd run into or manager would be like, so can I see some of your work? And I'd be like, I don't have a reel. When we were done and I sent it out to people I've been networking with and I got an agent out of it. And right now I'm talking to a manager after they've seen my reel. So it really was bang for my buck. Like, I got exactly what I wanted. So first class reels, do it. You will not regret it. Trust me. You know objective truth, Darwin? Math. That's not objective truth. Math is objective. No, it's not. Yes, it, it doesn't is. It fully describe reality. There's no chance you've objectively described reality. You haven't. Let the record show that Lauren is bored. Welcome to Darwinism. I'm Matt Lofton. I'm Darwin. Here's where we talk about politics. Trying to evolve the conversation. Ah, uh, ah, uh, that's so horrible, horrible. Hey everyone, welcome to Lofty Darwinism. This is Matt. Uh, we're here with Brantley Jones and Darwin. And uh, we have not been on in months. Uh, because, you know, somebody didn't press share. Was that what happened, Darwin? Uh, yeah. I want everybody to know this is our third time attempting to record this podcast. The two of us are technologically challenged. And I'm like, and I'm like halfway sure that this stupid app I'm using is going to, like, die on me in a moment. And so who knows what will happen. Yeah, I, I tried recording, recording on an iPad once before. Make sure it doesn't sleep. Just keep tapping it. Oh, just keep yeah. tapping it? Just keep... Okay. I'll keep doing that. But, Darwin, Brett Kavanaugh, go. <laughs> Give me all yeah, your hot takes. The hottest takes. What's oh going on? Oh, my God. Um, well, I just want to say that it, I, 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 we're waking up in a completely new reality. You know? Because you've been accused of sexual assault? No, I just just because the country tore itself apart. and Okay, that wasn't the fear that you had every moment of your day? Because you didn't sexually assault anybody? I mean, a gay could really happen to any of us at any time. Apparently. Apparently we're all living in total fear of that now. Darwin, I mean, maybe, like, there we should all be checking our behavior in the past and thinking about it, but, like, what do you think about that, Darwin? Are you mortally scared as a male? I think that I am not mortally scared as a male. I do think that I felt emotions as a male in a way that reminded me of what it might have felt like during the like, the O.J. Simpson saga when identity politics was at its fore. I felt myself like very, very much like emotionally identifying with Brett Kavanaugh, even though he definitely did it. Like there's like, it, it, is, it is pretty shocking to me that anybody can convince themselves that like this happened, but it wasn't him. Like that, like that's the most ridiculous. That's the most ridiculous <laughs> right, yeah. thing I've ever heard. You either believe that she lied, she about how she or you believe that it, like, that yeah. she was telling the truth, but it wasn't that serious, or you believe that it happened. Like those are really the the three options. You do not have the option of yes, somebody held her down like this, but she somehow forgot who it was. That's the most ridiculous premise I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I can believe he whitewashed it in his mind, for sure. Like, I think he's probably lied to himself about this for years, so how hard could it be to lie to Congress? Well, and I think I, I think the reason why his a whole victimization narrative, the whole, oh, anyone can be blamed for this at any time, is because there are probably a bunch of people who, when they sit back and think about it, are like, man, did I cross a line there? And that's yeah. one of the reasons why, like, one in every four women we know have been sexually assaulted. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, I mean those. I, I, I've been. I've I, been I can understand why there's a lot of anxiety out there about whether or not their Me Too moment's going to happen because it fucking might. And this is the same conversation we had months ago, but like on a little bit different level now, darn, isn't it? Like, 
with Harvey Weinstein and I can't remember who it was even after that, but I mean, he it's just, yeah, of course he did that <laughs> stuff. But somebody was talking about, it was because you were in Hollywood, it was the Hollywood specific version of this, you know? Louis yeah. Um, oh yeah, Louis C.K. Well, that, that's know. what made, I think, the Brett Kavanaugh hearings so palpably, you know, divisive was that in a certain sense, it, you know, this was not somebody who was contemporaneously abusing his, like, employees. This was somebody who had once done something a long time ago. And it's like that movie, A History of Correct. Violence, and the question of whether or not you can change, you know? And I think that that's what sort of uncomfortably grew up in calcification around this was this notion that, you know, people can't change. And I think that's so... And, and that's well. And, that's and, and, and right. I, can, I can change. Can you well, change, darling? You know, to I like me, I, I mean, I believe this as somebody who believes that mass incarceration is the biggest problem in America, and the idea that you know you're the same person at fifty that you were at seventeen is, I think, something that we need to start applying that definition more liberally to people who are currently in jail. Right for problems that you know, like it, with policies okay. that Brett Kavanaugh may support, and I think that that's like. I think that it's very much important to kind of get to get in touch with what just happened here. You know, we just saw somebody be accused of something. We all kind of know that he did it, but it kind of didn't matter to most people anyway because what was really going on was your views of his, you know, potential position on the Supreme Court. This was about power, pure and simple. And and yeah. I, I'd like to. to Comment on that just real briefly. The the thing that really struck out stuck out to me, and like I, you could see that there are political games being played, that there is a certain underlying cynicism. But his response to this whole thing was to do the the grandiose uh, red face yelling thing that has worked so well for Trump yeah. and his ilk. But and baseballs. But the problem players. is. For the position that that he's being considered for, or that he now has, um, that's not a good trait, and that's been pointed out by a bunch of different people. The American Bar Association, Justice Stevens, a bunch yeah. of people yeah. have commented on this, and it's something that really bothers me. Like, if I ever become a notable Democrat, if I go before the Supreme Court, am I going to have to ask him to recuse himself? And regardless of the the merits of the accusations that he was confronting. I felt like that stood out, and it stood out for a bunch of people who, you know, interact with the justice system constantly. I, but but, no. but does it really, like, does anybody actually really believe prior to Kavanaugh that the Supreme Court is not a partisan institution? Sometimes you got to act like something I, is true, I, I, even if, like, it's I hard. Like the, the Chief Justice has shown himself capable he of really uh, has. voting against his own political interests, and that's... It's I mean, it's not, so I mean, important. you're right. The, it, the fact that actually after uh, it was Bush v. Gore, uh, public sentiment about the Supreme Court dropped 30 percentage points and just stayed there yeah. um, about the legitimacy of their, their opinions. Um, and that's terrifying. I think it's, it was at 70 before Brent Kavanaugh's. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's Bart O. Red. Kavanaugh. Yeah, Bart O. Kavanaugh. Whatever. It, it's, it was okay but not great before he got confirmed and I, I don't feel great for where it's going to go and well yeah i mean i do i do yeah. lament the 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 lack of the utter lack of high high mindedness on the part of republicans you know like it, it's just this guy 
you know, I, I feel like I saw the Republican point of view on it. It felt like very dirty politics, just the way that they timed the release of the letter. Like, I think that that was not really something that the media believed could actually rankle people. And I definitely see that it did. I think that it was... It was clear to me watching these politicians that they were all being politicians. But it was also clear on a certain level that Kavanaugh did this. And that if we, even if the answer is that we don't live in a culture that he could really genuinely apologize in, I think that the institution of the Supreme Court needed to matter more in this moment. And the fact that it didn't was frustrating, you know? Horrifying. Because, yeah. you know, like, I, I think that... It's hard because the second the, the accusations land, that's his like life legacy after that. And I think that that's something that's visceral to a lot of people. There, there was an empathy. There, I think, was really real empathy on behalf of him if he didn't do this or if he did, but it was less clear to him that it was something that was non-consensual. Like the way that, that she described it was very non-consensual. But that's the thing is that that's why there's a need for like the presumption of innocence is that there is a, like, a defensible question of what exactly did happen. Like I think there's a range of offense levels that could have happened here. But the fact that he only could go out and just flat deny it, call her an idiot, call her – you know, I mean he didn't. But like you know, that was just the – that was the strategy. That's not healthy. That's not, that's not a healthy way to conduct our democracy. And, and how did Gorsuch – get through all these hearings without a single one of those accusations landing on him. Like that's, that's the question. Yeah. How indeed, you know, like, like, like on the, on some level, yeah. even if he has changed, there were political ramifications to this that I don't think were worth it. No matter how much you felt was at stake in his confirmation. And honestly, Darwin, that, that's just the state of the Republican party right now. In my opinion, they, they exercise power for the, the sake of exercising power and I think it's probably gotten them into a couple of positions now where they can't back off from exercising power. Yeah, just for you know the the sake of doing so. You know, if I I, I honestly saw both parties exercising not to open up here, I did, and I think that's where I I differ okay. with you. I think I I think that when I uh -huh. watched this. I didn't I felt like it was one of those things that dragged both parties pretty deep into the mud to the point where though I do think objectively Kavanaugh should not have been cons con like confirmed I also do not walk away with this from this with a positive view of the Democrats I do not I do not oh, I, like like no, I, I you know it's it's it. not like I, and yeah. I I absolutely am critical of this prevailing wisdom that seems to get ricocheted around the media that the Democrats somehow came out of this looking weak if anything they came out of this looking like idiots to me they they just came out of it or no no opportunists I think is is the is the better word I think because I was like, you don't give a shit that this man did this one action. That's not what any one of you care about. And I like, and and no, like, and it's that, his policies. That resonated it's with the me policies you care about, and that I think is interesting. But it was just the fact that it was like Roe v. Wade on the line with this man who has been accused of being a bully to women. That it was, it just inter, it commingled so much that I think everybody just came out so pissed, and I think that's what what we have to really say is like the Kavanaugh 
like hearings really rubbed everybody raw. Like everybody is pissed now on a scale that like you've really got to pay attention to and like really get empathetic here. Like what do you think it meant for women to watch this go down the way it did? It was horrifying to every account that I hear, you know? I think it was horrifying for men too. I think it's a horrifying moment and it's horrifying emotions and there were no, there's like we're just in this shitty situation now. Yeah. How do we get out of it? How do we forget? Like today we got in one of the dumbest, well, not the dumbest. It was a terrible Facebook fight. Um, because you know, Facebook's where we fight now, unless we're smart enough to delete our accounts or somebody talks you out of it because they're, I, I was going to delete my account. And Matt was, was like, you should wait until after the election. I was like, Fine. <laughs> so, so, but, but like on this exact issue, it's just, what was he uh there were so many parts to that debate today that just drove me nuts uh how do we like and he brings up bill clinton i've listened to juanita broderick's you know tale about bill clinton and it comes off as uh but it's yeah he uh yeah i it's a Oh, just from a mass con perspective, yeah. it's interesting that the narrative is focused on Monica Lewinsky, who was an admit willing participant, as yeah. opposed to that case. Well, no, yeah, we were the person claimed to have been raped. Yeah, was, so. yeah claimed was was like, I mean, he he was an attorney general. He he, she thought she was discussing some ideas for reform. He comes in there and rapes her not once but twice, according to her account. And man, it's a jarring testimony. It's a jarring testimony. You know. Um, and that's, and that's the, you know, and then he forced the whole country to buy his BS on a lot less serious issues for so long. Even if it's BS you sometimes agreed with, Darwin, the country got real tribal it's around just, that it's, too. It's the whole just like, you know, everybody's so concerned with power now. They're like, you know, fuck the, the, the you know, whatever else we used to care about in terms of our institutions that's for weaklings. That's just that's what everybody on the right mm -hmm. was saying about McCain. That's what everybody on the left seems to be growing in appreciation of. Is without power, you got shit. Yeah, and like, and that's, that's you know, and, and and the the problem is like, look, there was that Atlanta article that just came out. I don't know if you saw it. You know, um, that large majorities, large, large, large majorities agree on two separate questions. They believe hate speech is a problem, and they believe PC culture is a problem. And it's like plus 80%. And that number actually rises when you get to minorities. It's actually the people who are the most concerned who are, or who, who are the most willing to defend PC culture are like white upper class men. That like, like it's, 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 it's just a reality that like by broad majorities, everybody can agree on a basic statement. Hate speech, in, in particular racism and sexism too, do exist and they're bad. It is also true that most people feel afraid that they themselves are going to be called out for crossing some new line, and that's why they hate PC culture. And I think that we really need to step away from this Kavanaugh hearing with an appreciation for, like, um, you know, it's it's something that's a hard conversation to have when there's been pervasive action that went unreported, was clearly bad was coming from one sect of the populace and now needs to be addressed. That's going to rub everybody raw. And we really need to say, like, separate from the reality of it, there are emotional questions to how is it best to 
actually spread this message. And I think that that's like, you know, what I see partisans on both sides of the Kavanaugh hearing. It's like this whole idea that our entire culture hinges upon the escalation of this one man under these dicey circumstances. That's the problem. Like we've gotten to such partisan times that like, you know, it, we can say, look, the route to power has two dramatic consequences when you, when you destroy civility as a part of the conversation. There has to be a give and take. Yeah, what, that, I'm sorry, what, what do you mean by, by that? No, I mean, I mean we can't, you want it, people want it. Well, it's, remember when you decided to say that you had to be able to call people stupid? Right. In order to have yeah. a conversation with uh, them? Okay, because, yeah, what I heard was that we needed to basically That's reform how we, we view about our, our overall discourse, but at the same time need to remain civil. Yeah, I don't know how we do and I, and I think I got what you were going for in the, the first half in that, that we've reached a point where like there's this very troubling idea that you have to basically make the other side cry. Um, mm-hmm. And that you need to exercise power basically in complete disregard for any sort of like communal compromise. Um yeah, and well, and and I think that the rhetoric question is is separate from the power questions, but I, I, they definitely do meet back. So I, I think I know where you're going. I, yeah, Darwin. I, I, I guess I, I guess I'm going to need to ask. Yeah, you, ask you to repeat the statement. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I think you actually did a good job of of kind of you know reframing it, boiling it down to me. I I I think that like I, what I. What I'm just probing around, honestly, is my feelings of the matter. And I think that that is what's happening in a very real way with a lot of people is the feelings that uh, got evoked during the Kavanaugh hearings are kind of more important than the content. You know, like on a certain level, they had the votes going in and they collectively made a decision you know, that happened about when Trump saw the Kavanaugh interview on Fox News, said, you know, you, you were weak. You have to, like, go full throttle on this. And, you know, like it happened mid-stretch during the Kavanaugh hearings. They, they hired, like, a woman assistant because they were too goddamn scared shitless. Yeah, you know, like did. That was so... Like, female prosecutors. You know, and then, and then she, <laughs> oh. she... Like, the second... On the sham FBI they, investigation. They figured out that it was wrong, and then Lindsey Graham just, just went no in and basically said, name. fuck you. And I think that that resonated because it was just never about this issue. It was about his policies, mm-hmm. and that, I think, made everybody pissed off. It was, it was, and if we got off abortion for one fucking second, you would look at Brett Kavanaugh's old opinions and be like, holy shit, that guy should never sit on a court in judgment of anyone. Well, but it also, yeah, I think, cuts whatever. to a deeper for point. Instance, that, like, he, doesn't, he doesn't believe that the United States federal government should have a warrant to track you by GPS, yeah, look, 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 for look. instance, because your movements don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy, which is stupid when you consider the ability to pass. Well, yeah, and I've said this for months to everybody. Sorry, who listen, I, like, I, I disagree with Kavanaugh and would vote against him based on his policy. And I, I feel like mm-hmm. by moving away from that and turning it into a referendum on me too, the Democrats honestly... They, they just did not look like they ever meant it 
to me. They, they I think that they were always I mean, more I agree concerned with, you there, definitely. with his actual positions, you know. And it, I think that there's it's just too glaring. While Keith Ellison faces nearly the exact same yeah, accusations. And there's like mum like on that, Frank you know, Steph. and the idea that everybody's clutching at their well, pearls she actually retracted about this. Like, I mean, look, it's serious. He represents he a sizable yeah, conservative swing. Her son, it's her son who you know, he he can he he he's an absolute yeah. power changer on the Supreme Court, and they got him because they stalled on Merrick Garland. I mean, I think that's well, him and Gorsuch are already. Yeah, already yeah. what's crazy is that, and and what I'm what I was trying to mockingly comment upon was the all-importance of Supreme Court nominations that Republicans had actually placed on the Trump uh, presidency. Yeah. I mean, they were afraid, and it's because Republican messaging and Republican MassCom has been so good about telling them that, you know, judgeships matter, judges are making policy, like focusing it on the judiciary, that when it came to, down to voting for Trump or not, a bunch of them, and a bunch of the ones that I know were said, well, I was voting for the Supreme Court. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I think, so, but now they've already got all the justices. And so they have all the justices they need. And when Democrats put up a fight about Brett Kavanaugh, I feel like the the fact that it almost derailed it nearly sent those what I would call otherwise moderate Republicans, mostly evangelical Christians who are super against abortion. Uh, but those people who are saying that we were voting for the Supreme Court specifically, it sent them into a complete tizzy. And yeah. We may now be facing that uh, down in the midterms. Uh, I don't know if you know, I'm a big Beto O'Rourke supporter, and I've been concerned that we've created the Kavanaugh bump by focusing so much Republican energy on, on that well, issue. Well, yeah, I, 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 I knew there would be a bump going out of those hearings. Like, I, I absolutely felt something really wrenching and nauseous inside of me about the Democrats. It was all, it, it was so ugly. Like it was, ugly. it was, yeah, it was ugly. It, what, what it felt to me though, was like, it, they, this, should have, this, they should have raised it the this, minute they this got the idea report, that even I have actually bought into. And it's mm-hmm. generally true. It's just that the idea that Republicanism is fascism, you know, increasingly under Trump and that Democrats mm-hmm. are the civil ones. But I like you know the second he got elected, I said on this podcast like I'm worried about the response of the left, and to me, this is what I fear is something where you you use you use something outrageous like like Brett Kavanaugh's past violence, but then you like turn it into something so much greater, so much more heart wrenching, and so much more bitter, and pretend that you're not collaborating in that moral breakdown and that I think oh, let's pretend like that was doesn't, disturbing that doesn't apply to about, immigration well right like, immigration is the know, thing that keeps the Democrats and we're about to evolve rapidly into yeah. whataboutism yeah it, 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 it's, it is whataboutism right it's hard not to do it it's hard because everybody yeah, wants to just like, like because because it's it's threatening to believe that you're wrong with, with, but that, that's the problem the stakes are so high you're either you either completely take the democratic line of talking points or you're siding with a rapist. And, and, and that's a very difficult and dicey political conversation to have. It gets that into such weeds that nobody's going to want to talk to each other. And I just I, I want to say there's, there's got to be a better way than this. And the Republicans have their hands filthy as fuck. You know, like, but but yeah. the Democrats aren't guiltless either. You know, because oh, how yeah, this really problem. like yeah. plays out. Who the hell's guiltless? Like, we, we like can't, 
between we families we at Thanksgiving, like, like you know, like at the dinner table, you know, like in uh, in your friends groups, you know, like the idea that you're going to feel ostracized because you have a specific political opinion, that's real. And that's something that conservatives particularly, you know, like I live in a liberal state and I like, you know, I am a libertarian. I feel pretty liberal on most issues, but I feel petrified, honestly, to actually say to some of my friends what I actually think because the nuance, the question, the trying on of different ideas, that's a natural human emotion for almost any issue. And you take something salacious like the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, which just is designed, you know, with the abstraction, you know, and, and to see both sides just jockeying for political advantage, it feels it feels like the way this is gonna impact me is like when I go out to my friends and and suddenly there's gonna be it's gonna be like open season on the idea that that like conservatives are all just rapists, you know, and that's okay. That, so that, that that's something like that doesn't facilitate conversation. I think that we all have to be keep keep right. like talking to each other. And and I and I think that the the hysterics, including the hysterics around what the narrative is, uh, need to all be put into perspective because right now what I'm hearing and what and what you were basically just saying is is there's a growing anxiety about basically the sexual assault narrative, right? If I'm wrong, you can edit this out and we can just, just restart. Well, I think, I think there's general anxiety everywhere, like about everything. Uh, right, there is a general anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we, we, well, we, we do live in a society that, that prescribes more anti-anxiety medicine than anyone else. Well, but. yeah, we, but that's because on some level, all the things that should make it, make it or used to make us anxious are like not... You're not running from tigers every day. Like the world's not. Now we have to wonder whether or not our politicians. This, this are is why. This is where the Me artists. Too movement can save us. Because to be honest, none of this would be nearly as raw if we had more women in power. And there's just no other way of putting it. You know, and you then, just you just can't have a situation like this and look at the composition of the Supreme Court and and of the Senate and of the presidency and not feel like you kind of know whose side they're on, right? right? And it's because we have so few women in power. And 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 that that I I just I think that now in the era where we're realizing how much the leveraging of power that men have been doing has clearly left such scars and been traumatizing to a scale that no man I think was truly in touch with. Now we have to mm-hmm. start saying there really are only so many ways to kind of like juggle this before you say the answer is more women in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and there's a bunch of systemic things keeping that from happening in the absence of. But it's of going, to, it's attention. it's going to happen on some level naturally uh, as long as this keeps going. Right. Look at the look at the uh, the college eventually. and the graduate school rates will eventually happen. That we will get there. It's going to take time out. You know. So it's, but to me, uh, like that, that, that is like the takeaway. Like you know, like it, people might just like they they step away and they like you know what can I do? What can I reach out to? Just like just like know that everybody feels really scared to talk about this. Like I think oh, people, yeah. are, people are petrified of talking politics, and and I think that what Kavanaugh put on display for the entire world was the degree to which men are reared. To, to look at women as trophies creates such lasting trauma that the culture itself 
needs to be talked about. And I think that that was a conversation that sort of broke through here that, that does need to be really appreciated because it's hard to actually put any real action behind that, right? Yeah. But the reality is that joking is fine, being yourself is fine, but recognize the degree to which women like Christine Blasey Ford did not feel like anybody would ever take her seriously for like you know right. like the idea I mean, that this was, right. was trauma that has to that does have to change, and that's something that can ha be, happen on top of men feeling scared and somewhat rightly so to talk about this you know and like all of these things can be true at once. Yeah. I, I think one of the only generational gaps that exists, one of the, you know, the true generational gaps that exists yeah. is that baby boomers are much worse at admitting fault. Yes. The things they, put the, they, put, they put that belief uh, in they, they can do it in us, weirdly. Right. Like, well, it makes it makes a whole lot of sense. They're raised by heroes. Yeah. Right? So they couldn't and so up. they can't fuck up. Right. It has yeah. to be yeah. everyone else. It has to be everyone else. Uh, so, yeah. You know, the, we live in the greatest society. This can't be our problem. No, we wouldn't want to yeah, upstate this, our Those types of things. You know, like the, the reason why you can use socialist as a denigrating term for a political candidate yeah. now and you couldn't do it in 1927 is that. Yeah. And also, yeah, I mean, but think socialism is horrifying. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's talk the practice. economy. Let's talk about the economy for a You're second. You're right. Let's, let's talk about off the Sure. So the, the Fed's raising interest rates. The Dow dropped 1,300 points in two days. I didn't even see what it did today. Like, literally, I love posting a tweet of, if the Dow drops more than 1,000 points in two days, the president should be impeached immediately. Yeah. Trump, the, the, 2012. Trump's, Trump's use of Twitter is <laughs> one of the things that gives me hope for the future. It's like, just amazing. You, you can't escape how fucking stupid you are. And that, that no. has to, at some point, become a filter, right? No, maybe not. Maybe you not. know, you know. To be honest, I I do think that one thing has also happened alongside this, like you know, the, this issue with the economy, and I think it's actually very important to kind of tie to it. Like, in a weird way, maybe I'm wrong, and obviously it's an incredibly low bar, but I feel like Trump has been acting a little chiller lately. Oh, he has had to. well because it's midterms. like in a they, lot they of ways. Like, I, like he's he's actually no, coming we're across just more used to it. like a almost not the worst president ever. Thought. I mean, if he would stop, if he would stop going to weekend pep rallies, then yeah, then I would. Yeah, start to it, have I mean, it, it, it. But I think that it's so sort of like he's so of right all of the of all of the worst of down. all of the options uh, we have. The unfortunate reality is that. The best option – wait, hold the, – the best option for our country, to be honest, right now is for Trump to be a better president. Like yes. getting yes. him out of That'd office is clearly very urgent, but we still got at least two more years with this guy. You know, he's like, got to work if, with Democrats. You know, it, we well, honestly the – The problem is if we get rid of Trump, we have a theocracy. Well, Mike Pence is fine. The, I actually have, I just, I'm so not worried about Mike Pence. Like, other and my wife like, to lived me like in this. Indiana. Like she, like Mike Pence is not fine. Yeah. Well, I, from from Indiana. I think so that's, scared. that's such a, that's, that misreads how dangerous Trump is versus Mike Pence. You know, yeah. I think. Well, that, the problem is Trump, Trump wouldn't be dangerous if any of our institutions would check him. If any of 
the parts of the government that were supposed to do their job did their job, yeah. then this wouldn't be a problem. We would already have like exposed a shitload of dealings that Trump and a bunch of monsters. Like, like it would it's right now they're trying to protect their ability to exercise power. It's avarice. It's, which 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 makes it just seem like the only thing that props up any of this is just force of will. And nothing else. And and Trump is just out force of willing the United States federal government's accountability because we've stopped wanting to confront anybody about anything in the world. And it becomes incredibly reason. cynical. Yes. So all, we're weak and cynical. So that might be redundant. But, well, no, that, that, to me, that's, that's why it's so important to really, you know, have on, on some back burner an appreciation for what it might look like for Trump to start being more successful. Because I think that we, we do want in this time to really have a strong economy and as little culture wars as possible, you know, I, 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 just, just to, to reestablish our institutions. And the best road to that is for Trump to start acting a little bit more presidential. And but I, it's I, not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's mad well, that's why I think it's Darwin. interesting to me that he has started acting more presidential in the past no, two years. No, he hasn't. Has. He's just been acting better than he had been. What do you make of Melania's trip to Africa and all the pith helmet stuff? And does she like? Is she just too fashionable for her own good? Like, what the hell's going on there? To her, yeah, she wore a pith helmet in Africa. Jesus God. Yeah, no, I mean she's a. I mean, it looked good. She looked like Michael Jackson, and then she had a pith helmet I'm on. Sure, like, she looked good. She her was, job is looking. Good. Yeah, she's a. She's an interesting human. Like, I don't even. What do you make of Melania? She's an interesting human. She's just. I think Melania human. is um, not in love with Trump. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, oh, you think? You think? <laughs> I mean, her her family recently chain migrated here, so yeah. maybe that was the game all along. Well, she's I, one I, of the most bullied people ever. I think that that's something totally appropriate. Like you know, the best incarnation I think of first lady, to the extent that it's heralded, is to just draw separate attention to things that are maybe maybe off the political radar, and you know, yeah. going through. Africa, where they are plagued with, you know, enormous, enormous problems right now. Multiple civil wars and Ebola reemergence, you know, general poverty. Like, you know, these things are 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 useful to try to kind of, you know, like go through and draw attention to. So I, I, I like that she's over there, you know. I, I don't know that she's going to do a look of good. I don't know. Like, do, but like, do we ever do good? Is that... Or are we just like living in a world where we're just deluding ourselves? Who knows? Dude, Exxon Mobil does a lot Dude, of good. Uh, have you ever? Have you ever, recently uh, the XCOM tapes have become available? The recordings they made in uh, the Situation Room during uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh wow! Oh, interesting. And what do they say? Yeah. Uh, you can't really. I can't say like. This is what they say. You should go back and listen to them and, and think about the deliberative process that they use there. I'm gonna, yeah. I'll give that one more try. The Go back and think about the deliberative process they use there and imagine if it was possible today. Because the way those people acted in yeah. that time saved us from a nuclear holocaust that was all but inevitable. Look, he, and like I, don't, I don't think that we have that capacity anymore and i don't think jfk was particularly like a great man or uh you know better than any other president we've had except for maybe this one so it's I, just that i don't think that this one would be capable of 
Well, he's guiding okay. us through a situation. So there's this band. It was called One Direction, and right. there was a paradox they created about if the girl knew she was beautiful, then she wouldn't be beautiful, and then the moment she knew it, she wasn't again. Essentially, That's like a really it's a fucked up. Oh, no, it's super fucked up. But I think Trump's like that with the word like. He may be one of the few people in the world to use the word like occasionally correctly, mm-hmm. where he's like he's like a smart person. He's not actually a smart person, but he's like a smart person. And that's worse because people give you credit for being intelligent when you're clearly not. And I think our entire pres- his entire presidency is like a person who thinks they are smart. It's, I, no, look, it's as I, a person I actually, who thinks they're smart. I know, I know all I, of I, 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 I want to say this. I, smart. Yeah. I don't have <laughs> any real trepidation around like Trump with a 3 a.m. red phone. I feel like mm-hmm. my read on him is that he would just do exactly what the generals – tell him to do my, my that, that's, bigger, that's my bigger frustration uh, really is um is like i i do worry that he would be absolutely heartless in a second if he felt like that was like in any way like i don't think that he would like hesitate to like quarantine all of california you know if, oh, like, no, you no, know no, and that's and that's why right, I was talking like, about those XCOM <laughs> tapes because what they were telling john f kennedy to do was no no single person in the Joint Chiefs of Staff at the time were telling Kennedy to do anything that didn't involve a nuclear weapon. Like, they were saying... It, they, they ranged from tactical strikes on already known nuclear sites to nuclear copper bombing the country of Cuba. Cool. Um, which obviously would have started a war with Russia. So... Yeah, the, the, like the that, That's what he was being told by his generals. Now, if Trump was being told something similar, or even something way less than that, because we're talking about the apocalypse when we're talking about that. Yeah. But, like... Maybe and if they were saying what we need to do is tap into every cell phone in America, do you not think that Trump would just immediately jump on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's I think why he would he's tap separate. into those cell phones. I, I think that he would be as likely to hesitate on the nuclear war as the average American president. Uh, he might be on that one, maybe. I, I don't think so. I think the only but thing he that lives kept us, nuclear drills. I think the only thing that kept us from nuclear war was the fact that those same joint chiefs had fucked Kennedy over with the Bay of Pigs. Maybe, but I, I don't know. He, <laughs> he got blamed for that, and he was like, "I'm not listening to you guys again." I don't know. He was, yeah, he was wondering why we couldn't use but nuclear like, weapons. Look, look, but like, what Trump's doing is just like the Machiavellian thing. He's just trying to get everybody afraid of him. But to be honest, I think it's worth noting that we have not seen any dramatic escalation of wars under his. Are you kidding me? Watch. Are you kidding me? Africom's going crazy. We've seen Saudi Arabia and Yemen. By the way, we saw Saudi Arabia no, 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 kill I mean, like, Washington. We, we haven't had a like, war between major powers. Okay, major powers. Fine. Our no, major no, no, yeah, like, like even American war. commitment of troops in, in particular. Like that, that's, that's uh, what Because I'm we don't fight great saying. power wars like that anymore. I'm just saying like don't, don't, be, don't ascribe to him somewhere. a trigger finger that I don't think I think he spread the American military. No, don't don't get me wrong. I wasn't saying that he had like a particularly itchy trigger finger. I think he had less of a trigger finger than even Clinton. Uh, Or Obama, maybe. Or even Obama, definitely Obama. Obama's like best friend was a drone. I think he would have a trigger finger with like more more clandestine, like you know, a Patriot Act. Oh no, no, because that's what I worry about. Trump doesn't do subtlety. Like you know, rounding up people like the way he's treating immigrants. USMCA. Which is, but he he got the new trade deal, which was a little bit better than the old trade deal. Okay, so this is my problem. 
I feel like he's been failing like consecutively, Upward. and then he does some shit that doesn't actually suck, and people are like, "No one ever gives Trump credit for no, that." No, no, but that's because it's Michael. He's the Michael Scott. Like, oh yeah, presence. your your kid, your kid got through the day without yeah. getting a demerit. No, no, no. no. He here's how he won that. He won, he's been bitching about it for years, and he's the Michael Scott, Scott of presidents. So no one around him trusted that he was going to pull it together, and everyone else had something to lose, like their job or their country or whatever. So they decided they had to do it. Oh, they were willing to throw their country away. All all those fucking GRU. But they had to like get that done. Whereas they knew Trump would just blow it up. So like, okay, he, guys, he, he didn't. He didn't. Right. Well, uh, real fast, real fast, because I I want to make sure I get you guys on record. We're about like a, a year later, Matt. Right, I think. Um, twenty twenty. What do you think? Oh wow, oh, you're a jerk. Um, I mean, you're gonna see a ton of people announced right after the midterm. Wait, mm -hmm. let's just say who's the first person to announce after the midterms? Kamala Harris. No. Uh, Cory Booker. Cory Booker. Cory Booker, suck a dick. Elizabeth, I'm it. not a fan of his. I'm Elizabeth, sorry. Elizabeth sexist. Warren. Well, okay. Uh, I think I think it's 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 hers for the taking right now. I I think that people are not are, are kind of like they're not quite appreciating the dominance of Elizabeth Warren just yet. But I think she. Will. I really hope they don't run Elizabeth Warren. The right wing messaging, if you listen, That's to the right wing of, messaging has been so effective against her. I think it, I think that she gets actually out there in public against the banks and coming out the. I mean, we should be. I. I think I think sweating Al Qaeda. I'm scared of the banks. I think no. I think <laughs> that's why. I think that's why she has a real shot because the banks are no one's friend and she yeah. has been consistent against those. And and she's also got she's got that good old Oklahoma down home girl side of her as well as the Massachusetts side, and she she will be able to spar with Trump. I just I see that like I'm, you know that I think I mean I, a lot of people are upset with her, but like I, they're the kind of upset with her that means they know who she is and they want to engage, and that's important. Well, well, I I'm I'm excited for the show. I I guess yeah. I'm starting to finally appreciate that maybe Kanye. Will genuinely not run, but I still am pretty what sure. What about Michael that, Avenatti? Oh, that's I would such a I would stunt. vote Trump over true. Avenatti. I I hope yeah, to God because at least he would have had the experience. Yeah, I, I, I but I I think that Kanye is a, a definite contender. I would say, and uh, actually, I'll, I'll go back and say I'd vote Avenatti over Trump just because I think Avenatti is the smarter Trump. And Avenatti, they have the exact same vices. Uh, Avenatti or Kanye? Uh, I mean, I would vote Kanye. I would vote. I would definitely vote a Kanye into. into you would vote for. Are you kidding me? Did you not Kanye watch West. that entire White House shit show? That I sh I fucking day? did. Like I. I don't care I about that. Have you listened to the last two albums? <laughs> that's that's the, the three part. albums. Yeah, yeah since Kanye amazing. realized he was good, he sucked. <laughs> no, he's no, he's, he's only bad. ever done good when he was uh, Darwin. You can't say you're gonna uh, vote for Kanye West. He thinks that his ca that the cap. I'm and, saying I'm going to vote when he only thought that he was a demigod. I'm saying, so. well, I mean, like, I guess I would generally vote for Kanye. Yeah, I think I would vote for Kanye for okay. president. Over Just like on the absurdist ticket, or over, on the yeah. what? On the absurdist ticket, or definitely like well, Charles Fourier now. Yeah, he's, he's uh, look. That, that's the thing. Like, I think that Kanye, like that, that, like, there's a game being played by Trump that people still aren't really naming, 
and Kanye's the only other one playing it, and, uh, other than perhaps Avenatti himself. It's the getting your name into headlines at all costs, no matter what, and you do that mm -hmm. by being controversial, and it doesn't really particularly matter what you're being controversial about, and it really doesn't matter if you reverse yourself a day later because you, that just gets you more headlines. It's, it's raw brawl for headlines. Right. And that's and that's what Trump figured out. He got himself so much media attention that he just smothered people into like recognizing him. And and I think Kanye is playing the exact same game and I I think that that makes it very likely that Kanye's going to run. It's just it is possible he waits till 2024. The White House. Yeah. I can't I can't do this Darwin. We cannot be having a serious Kanye discussion. I'm not doing it. I'm done. I'm done with that. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've exhausted my knowledge about Kanye West. I mean, yeah, it's, it's uh, he's. I mean, he's he's not. Yeah, he's not worth our time. I'm sorry I brought him up. I don't know. I think it was really smart to uh, do the sample of Def Punk. Yeah, but I think that might be a bit of a dated reference. That could, it could be, and I'm trying to find it uh, out in my head because it's it's too late into the podcast for me to know what else to say. Anything else we need to cover besides the fact that, you know, Russia's still trying to meddle in our election. He's blaming the Chinese. He claimed Russia, that Hillary was I, I want to talk about how what? no one gives a shit that we have a bunch of... What about, oh, or the tax fraud, the tax fraud that uh, the, the New York Times went through. Yeah, uh, you, tax you fraud, uh, giant tidal waves and earthquakes. He was being paid $20,000 a year or $200,000 a year since he was two from his dad's company. I'm sure yeah. he was imparting actual value. Oh, dude, pissing gold. Amazon yeah. raising the minimum wage to 15. Uh, okay, one of the problems I have with with Amazon is that they are awesome and evil. Mm -hmm. But they don't need to compete. They're not even. They don't even try to maximize profits. That's a company that literally does not try to maximize profits. They are at least in the short term, not like any other. Like they are literally about growth. At oh like yeah, costs. there's. There's also just the general assault on free speech around the world, uh, namely the murder of the Saudi critic in the Saudi consulate by Saudi Arabia, who... All right, what does Amazon do? Yeah, now we are... Now we are basically looking at either endorsing the Saudi you know, regime, murdering its critics... Or you know, like losing. That's fucking Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Why? Why? Why are we relying on them anymore? Yeah, it's not. Well, because they got a very side. large amount of oil. They also just killed <laughs> so a Washington we. Post contributor by walking into the Turkish embassy. The Turkey has it on recording of him being like interrogated and then literally torn apart and shipped to different mm -hmm. countries. That is how crazy the world is. And Donald Trump's like, eh. I mean, that's kind of shit we do. We've been doing that since 2004. Hey, we I, wait, wait. Why, why do you think that he got shipped to different countries, Matt? That was part of the report. He like his, he got dismembered and like his body parts got shipped to different that, places. That seems excessive. Like, no, 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 I think it got sh shipped away, but I don't think it got shipped to like – I thought literally got shipped. Why would you really send an arm to like Venezuela and like a leg yeah, to Egypt? It was literally – They did it in one organism to eat They essentially did it – They 
they just they did it in public essentially by doing right. it in the Turkish embassy intentionally. The whole thing is a flex. The same way Putin's uh, Skripal incident is a flex on uh, on what oh, happened. Shit. Have you read that new Tim Snyder book? The, yeah, um, um, the yeah, the Road to Undemocracy. Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, it's actually, good. it's been a while. I mean, I've, I've no, I mean, it just it. came out. Yeah, listen to it. I didn't get. I like halfway through. I started to fall asleep. It was so good, but I was. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's I, it's kind of dense. It's a bit. Also, I think it's worth just mentioning the John Oliver topic. You know, the uh, the probable election of a quasi fascist in Brazil. Um, oh yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Along yeah. with the continued um, breakdown of Venezuela, that could trigger a refugee crisis at any moment. Um, I think that you're looking right there at a sect of the world economy that could easily don, do, domino. And, um, yeah. you know, like when you talk about like the fall of the stock market, that alone, I guess that doesn't worry me that much. But along with, you know, just the rise of kind of like far right nationalism, in particular, uh, sort of like seizing Brazil at the same time that far left nationalism is just about to truly de- decimate Venezuela, as I mean, it already has. Um, I, I you know, like it's very unstable. Ascribing, I think ascribing the left-right dichotomy to dictators has been a problem we've been making and explaining political phenomenon for a long time. Because, like, yeah. the Soviet Union, yeah, while technically motivated by leftist tendencies, was just a fucking cult of personality dictatorship. Uh, but that, that that describes all the yeah, communist I mean, societies, though. Like that, like they they do go hand in hand. But so are the well, fascist yeah, societies. But when you look at truly socialist societies, and by that I mean it's societies who like have governmental mandated worker participation in the ownership of capital, yeah. like Germany or yeah. uh, Italy or Sweden. Sweden, Norway, those types well, of places. Like those are never the comparisons you have. It's always like it's always straight to Venezuela, Russia. where the guy thinks he's Israel God, or man. North Korea, where the guy thought he was God. Or, yeah, it's 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 a little communist Russia, or like or, like Nicaragua. I think Russia. is another one that's that's you know they nationalize their industry. Like you know, I I I think that it's. Every, every socialist revolution that has ever been interfered with by the United States has yeah. definitely failed. <laughs> so yeah, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Honduras, all those failed. Yeah. I mean, I, I think failed. that socialism generally fails, and I think that that's something that is going to be... I don't, I don't think it be, generally fails. There are it. successful socialist nations with like look, high look, average look, look, GDP. And also, and also I, don't think, I don't think socialism and capitalism are mutually exclusive. They're not. They're mixed so. economies. We all live in mixed economies. We yeah, and that's the other thing. Well, that I agree with. That I'm, I'm not a purist to that lens either. But I do think that like there is this sort of new quasi narrative shaping up in the media that like, oh, you know, like socialist societies didn't really fail. And I'm like, no, no, no. When, when countries enacted communism or socialism, they failed across the board. Like they, they're, they're bad societies. They like the one exception that you really have is the absolute like cultural homogeneity of Norway and Sweden. And I think that, that, that that's something that, are even themselves fairly capitalist yeah. social societies that really, are you know like much more business friendly than people give them credit for you know so like the idea well, we, of like, we have this we have this weird thing in America where we rejected socialism uh, culturally only in the 1950s and so yeah. we have this uh, kind of distorted view of what it is and what it means for instance I get called a socialist all the time and I voted for Gary Johnson in 2012 yeah uh, 
<laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> but you're not you're not dealing with a, a socialist policy until you're dealing with devolving the ownership of capital to the worker class. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, you're just talking about government spending. Yeah, and it's really <laughs> and and so, what we're not really discussing. It's really about property rights. Well, no, but you're also talking like, about like really you know direct control of industry. About. Like that that's that's a pretty important. Part. I right, mean, and so you know, like, when, when you who say directly that, you say that communism genius. is an abolishment of property rights. Like that is no. uh, the most basic definition. Yes, of, yes, of yes. That's that's that's, that's fundamentally what it is. I mean, it obviously carries well, the, other the, things, but that the is the property right. The property right thing is a misinterpretation of the word capital. Like what they're talking about are the productive resources. So, like you could still own a farm in a communist society in a bunch of communists did own right. farms, not necessarily in Russia, where they uh, okay. bypassed a bunch of the Marxist steps, but in uh, China, where they actually... The five-year plan. Well, they went in a different direction, as opposed to thinking that they could go through industrialization and then become yeah. communists. They were like, we're going to become a, agrarian communists. Yeah, and I didn't <laughs> that didn't work out well. well they, they, killed, I mean, they, they didn't kill their most productive, but like they killed it by collectivizing their most productive The, the key is, though, that a farmer, the, a farmer doesn't have the kind of problem that communism was made to resolve. Yeah. They are the owners of, of their, their own production. Yeah, <laughs> they're not working for someone else's. Yeah, they have, yeah, they don't have an like, issue. That's not who the problem is yeah. with. It's an industrial capitalist. So. Right, and that's yeah, one of the problems. I, is that we've we've forgotten about how those things are, well, are set up. So like Santos, we, we have we have the whole Cold War to, to create a monster. Does and Monsanto now we have a we have a meme basically. Like, oh, oh, that's kind okay, of that's these, these are all theoreticals. Look, like the first thing that a real socialist would do is clear. It's not controversial. You nationalize the banks. You'd nationalize the healthcare industry. You'd nationalize the energy industry. Like those three things alone. Like that's that's what a real socialist in America would do, and it it has clear benefits. And I think it's mm. worth actually zeroing in on that because like everything else is sort of bullshit. Like it's kind of a question like do we do that? Because the consequence, if there becomes one, is that the government takes these resources, gets seduced by them, starts spending it in ways that don't, that don't make sense, put so much red tape along the way and end up making the industry unprofitable. That's what happened in Venezuela. People sit, point to it and they say, well, it wasn't really a socialist society because it didn't really like, you know, enact a lot of the, you know, more well, Maoist no, things, the, things that, that, that no, happened, but it's still I, nationalized I think, industry. I think the first thing yeah. a socialist would do upon taking power in the United States would be to make a law requiring that the board of directors of any given corporation be yeah. comprised of at least 51% people elected by the workers. Yeah. That would be a that would be a socialist policy. Uh, what you're talking about is mm. a an authoritarian takeover of Yeah, na- that's resources. a different sort of nationalization. Yeah, that's a um, it, the, socialism is but, once again but, about devolving the means of production to the worker. Yeah. Um, at the very basic yeah. level. And everything else has been a bastardization that gets to be called socialism because it didn't work and we live in the dominant society. Well, we get to write history because we want so. it. Well, I guess that's an interesting point, you know, like, okay, so so let me like, you know, make sure I hear you correctly. So you're right. saying that, you know, like uh, the, the ideal of a socialist society would be one in which Apple got represented by its workforce in the right, boardroom right. 
you know, with, with a controlling yes. majority of, of, of right. decision making. The controlling majority, right. like you could still have the people who like there were the founders or whatever collecting their major fortune portions for being or at the least founders, a much more substantial or, yeah, minority. Much more substantial minority. But a majority of the people making decisions for that company would be made up of the people being paid by that company on W twos. You know. That's an actual socialist position that never gets <laughs> I, I, I guess that doesn't quite really make sense to me because I think Why? that it's hard for me to distinguish how that would materially change anything. If the war because the people who made the decisions for how that company is run were the people yeah. doing the work. The dividends that comes out <laughs> they might not be hoarding cash, they might pay their workers differently, they might be looking for lower profit margins and they yeah, might be better salaries, better benefits. Like the, all of these things. Like the but, Okay, so you're basically market. just saying like you're turning your corporations into like little miniature democracies as opposed yes. to hegemony. Yes. Like a hegemony. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And that's why that's why Which America sided with Russia is supposed to republic it's the most Why do you close have, thing to democracy next to fascism, and we're moving to fascism. Like, well, the sum port of that is also like look at the way we even have stocks and shareholders, and like that's a democratic deal. It's just that like we seem to think they're the only people with any sort of representation. But we already say that like an out like you can serve for the public. They just want to believe that the public we're all shareholders. But, in reality, oh, oh, it's, a very it's, small group it's of people. hard for me to see the enactment of this socialist policy. Without there being some locus of control, I, I guess that's that's the, hard the for like you that, know, that on a certain level that, that may even be be something like a libertarian might even be able to endorse and, you know not fully not if you're a purist but in a certain level so, yeah it, it reduces you know like the power of the individual a little bit but I also wonder that that's ever been the practice it seems like the quicker way to ensure that the worker quote unquote gets represented is to install somebody who reports to the government who can tell them hey this this company is doing what you know we want them to do and and making that more closely aligned to oh, make sure that they're not that, that happened that like happened the enforcement union. just turns this authoritarian it, it's, it's like how do you enforce that how Truly. do you prevent from being authoritarian? By enforcing – basically the labor relations that we had in the 1950s and 1960s yeah. were about as socialist as you need to go and about as close as we'll ever get. But the thing is – and that's the thing uh, studying the labor movement though was that it was supposed to go – like you go with the uh, go against the company, against the company, but you're negotiating initially with the company. But then you get on good enough terms with the company that you and the company are lobbying the government together for more universal rights because – that helps the company stay afloat as well as you. But like GM can't support pensions. Pensions are crazy. They're a crazy freaking concept. Darwin, have you ever really thought about how crazy some like the idea of a private pension is? Like uh, from yeah, a company all the time. where people don't work but get paid. Yes. Yeah, Off like you were supposed to save how much of your money at the time that you made it for this and not spend it on new resources or and, and Darwin, the my my political evolution went from like uh, anti-war Democrat to being a libertarian for the weed, um, yeah. to being a libertarian for the principles, 
to realizing that the things that drew me to libertarianism were actually things that were capable of being achieved through socialism, but not in the way that socialism had ever been. Like, but like, like I, I guess uh, the, the the thing though with me is that I'm not I'm not like a purist liberta- libertarian, which means on a certain uh, level I can reconcile corporatocracy with freedom and liberty as 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 the default. Yeah, yeah it just it looks a little bit too much society. like and and I. I, I don't necessarily think that democratizing every institution is consistent with every a free society because on a certain level, things and, become individualized. And I think that what we need to grapple with is the, corporations with over a billion dollars. the reality of large corporations becoming like public utilities. And I think that yeah. there is something to be said. They it's not are. libertarian, they are. They but are it's true that like, a corporation becomes so large that it does become a threat to us. And Darwin, I, I, I think that that's something that, like, that's the specific way to, of defining that conversation. Okay, okay, it's so, not libertarian, it's not socialist, but it is consistent to say with so Darwin, few corporations. Well, corporations themselves are socialist. I guess, I guess. Like, they, their corporations are legal entities of the state that are supposed, the reason they're publicly held companies. Yeah, but, because, but, but guess, the decision making is, is, like, is fundamental. The, one of the fundamental things about libertarianism uh-huh. is that you're able to negotiate if, Two people are able to negotiate between yeah. each other on equal footing, and they'll come to a fair. Agreement like I said, I'm not a purist. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not interested right. in defending libertarian so, in, in, so, in purity. Right, but I'm, I'm trying to explain to you what I what I feel like is the bridge between libertarianism and socialism that can't be bridged between you know any of the other political thoughts is that. Socialism at its root is basically trying to empower the worker, which is only done through empowering groups of workers. And under libertarianism, you would say, you will pay me what my job is worth, basically. But what we learned through industrialization was that the fragmenting of the different parts of each job made it to where each each particular person's value to that job was less. So yep. they needed to collect specialization to be able to argue for higher wages. So it's never been an equal. Yeah, equal specialization claim. leads to meaninglessness, or as right. Marx called it, alienation. Like both Smith and Marx identified the same problem here, uh, and it was like, and it was literally for Smith a law of meaninglessness. If if cor- if corporate captains did not keep their workforce engaged with the idea of meaning for the corporation and like what they were doing in their job. And the more specialized they got, the further that that worker got from meaning, the worse capitalism was going to get. The worse educated the consumer was, the worse capitalism was going to get. According to Smith himself, what Marx identified was the same basic problem in alienation. Like it, it, it's not a different, like the creator of capitalism understood its flaws. The question is whether taking away property rights and ending the game that way, which because it is an infinite game, we it's have to not, play. It's right, but I don't like, think I don't I, think, I think you have to take what, away property. I, I think that the, the the issue to me is not property. that we're playing the wrong game. It's no, just that we've right. we've been playing the same game for so uh-huh. long, and right. I think it's worth saying that look, it's not capitalism that's the problem, and it's not socialism that's the solution. It's simply a matter of. The game is over. Certain people have won, and if we want to, to to actually change it, the only real solution is to reset the board. That's really the only, like you know, yeah, and, and and there's just so tough. many complicated economic ways of trying to justify it and make it so. But like to me, that's the only real issue. Is like, look, it isn't that we've played the game 
wrong or that the game needs to be changed fundamentally. It's just that so few people have done so damn well and, and, and in, in a, such a recurring fashion and, and with such drastic consequences that even though some of the differentiation is merit-based, like certain people are just smarter than others, for instance, you know, it doesn't change the, the, the effects are consequential and draconian, you know? So, yeah. yeah, let's talk about resetting the board. That's what we did in Japan when we tore apart their feudal society and unleashed one of the freest societies in Asia, you know, and in the world. You <laughs> yeah, know, like, they're, that, they're it's... completely free. Sheesh. Is it one mean, of the freest? Japan? No, it, it is. It is, it is actually. But it's really exercise is. of yeah. freedom. It's that, really... that whole process was... So culturally disruptive. It's just yeah, sometimes you just have to like like that, and that's the thing. It's like you know, it's just certain people own certain property, you know, like and and, and technology time, is really trust. rendering a lot of mankind irrelevant. The only real jobs that are going to be real for a while are going to be service industry. And we're going to have to come to grips with the fact that universal basic income might be the only way around that particular problem. Yep. Because if there was no reason to stuff. have more, you, you're always that need though more is consumers, scary right? as shit. Go, we yeah. do why? not. Why not, want to, Darwin? Why not take half the corporate income tax or look, free it, the I, whole I corporate want, income I tax just, and put it I towards the I want to point you guys to income. a world in which, look, put well, politics aside. Shareholders. Really yeah. imagine for a second that it's true that ma that mankind is largely being rendered irrelevant to the economy. Oh, yeah, no, that's The exception of a special few. Like, yeah, like, just take away what we should do about it out of the question for a second. It oh, really think, is a lot scarier stuff. than I think people realize well, to Darwin, render most men few. and mm. women I I irrelevant. It's, it's actually something that if you really believe that, it's way scarier than you think. That, that's, I think, a part of why we're seeing far-right nationalism rise. And I think that we need to really ask ourselves, what is it that gives meaning to people's lives? Because people want to be individuals. And in particular, what is it about trade that keeps us in connection with people? Because we're all becoming tribal again. And if we resort to basic income, fundamentally, we just are going to sink into our tribes. With no well, and, impetus to reach out to one another, no no desire to get along with well, one I another. I don't. No, they, that, yeah, that, no, 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 no. Because all money is, is, the, is trade. No, no, all money is is a lubrication for trade and social mobility. Like, so having universal basic income is just going to let us do more of what we want to do it and could, pay for what we want to pay could. for. It could. Why would it make us more insular? Because because it ref, it, it requires us to stop. Interacting with each other on no, it does in ways not. that make us uncomfortable. Like, like in, in other words, like you don't you make don't a have universal basic trade, sit back and do nothing allowance. Like, that, that, you, you, I know, but it does prevent you from needing to reach out to people who are different from you. I disagree with that. I think it makes you stupid because there's still so many more things than money that would how you reach out to those people, and if you're personally more secure. Then you're more or less likely to have fear, and most I, of the xenophobia right. is about maybe, fear. Maybe it, I, I could be. Yeah, I think you uh, like it is fear. There, there is so much ec economic anxiety. What would happen to us if we unleashed the potential of the human of mankind? Like took away that anxiety. Yeah. It could be great. It could be great. I could be wrong, you know. And that to me is like what is what is just so so 
you know, like it's it's the clear issue. It's like what the reason socialism is making a, a surge is people feel like life is unfair. But on a certain level, the capitalist society, while ineloquent, has clearly generated more happiness, or maybe not happiness, but more economic vitalization than any other system. And I think that we really need to ask ourselves if and we're prepared to like throw it out. Like, well, like, our sovereign wealth fund. I uh, no, I do. I I am a subscriber a subscriber to the belief that like Norway and Sweden are small enough as to not have forced many of the uh, what he means uh, by catastrophes in the socialist society. That's racism, Darwin. Well, it's part of that, but it's not that actually. It's actually also that it's tied to the European Union. You know, they have clear trade partners, so there's an economy that like it, there's a stability there. Um, that I think is is uh, you know like not not noticed, and also the, I like I the fact that it's kind of a capitalist social society. It's got extreme what the hell subsidations do you think we of would be? corporations that would be uh, that 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 get re- allow them to still reap profits, even though they're top line profits. Are required to have workers on the board of directors for at least fifty one percent of the corporation. That it's. <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah, Their corporate the structure is half of what makes you socialist. And we could definitely easily change corporate structure, which is why Elizabeth Warren's bill to change the directives for corporations over a billion dollars was a, was one of the most socialist bills. I, I would just be fine if we went ahead and reinstituted the separation. The, the, the specific cri- okay, let, me, let me dive into it. The specific critique of like the homogenization argument is that there, because there's buy-in, because everybody believes in it, there isn't the there isn't the strain on the system that would occur in a system more divided like the United States. So, for instance, if you have the workers and the business class ensconced on opposite sides in the United States, it can lead to much more dramatic uh, attempts to break the logjam. The thing is, you imagine there's some in, other in, option. In Norway. Darwin, that's the problem. Is you imagine that there's some other option other than through it. The obstacle here is the way. We don't get to have integrated forces, which I may be just so. cohesive, unless we actually go through it. Like you don't, you, you know, but what we're I'm going like, through it. That, like we go through it every day. But, that's the, that's the society like, that we no, live in. No, we don't need to. No, we have to go all the way through it, though, Darwin, and to accept the fact that we're three hundred thousand, three million. What, 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 I've what never, I've mean? never been in a position. I have never been in a position to argue for my wage. Yeah, I, yeah. Ever once. Yeah. I mean, Darwin, it's... it's and I'm a, I'm a three, member of the petite bourgeoisie. Three, 300 million people right. who all look different and are different and we're all, we're all Americans. Like, unless we can figure out a way to make all of that work the same way Sweden does, we're kind of screwed on some level because, like, we're everything all economic else... economic units. That's the one thing that, that... That's the 9 million Lutherans in yeah. Norway, the homogeneity argument that you need yeah. is the fact that we're all workers. And unless we get there, <laughs> we got nothing. And, and we're all workers because in this society, we're all consumers. Civic nationalism yeah. over ethnic nationalism. And we need civic nationalism, and I need to be able to look at everyone around me and see it that way, not in the ethnic nationalist way, which is what's happening on the right right now. And that's a problem. We're also an urban-rural divide society. Like the, 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 that's that's a big part of it. Is that people in Tell me more, rural Darwin's areas are? I mean, just people are moving to the to the cities. That's just happening, and, and it's decimating the rural areas, and it's creating resentment. And I think that you 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 don't just fix that society by rejiggering the corporate board structure 
for a select like it's it's such a broad society that I, I, don't, I don't think you appreciate necessarily how important rejiggering the it, that's such a huge is. deal Darwin, you also don't like, fix it by like moving like if I if I had buy-in into the decisions that my firm made which I guess I will in a few months but like if I had that this entire time I think that my experience as a productive unit would have been yeah you way gotta, different yeah like, you gotta have meaning and there has to be broader meaning and it's just otherwise we're gonna be really sad and that's I just I, I'm really not I guess what I what I other than having well okay actually let me ask you if okay. you have that vote what do you do how do you mean so let Let's say that, like the the the, the workers at your company, like uh-huh. it was structured this way. What what do you do with right. that power? Well, what the people in analogous situations did in the nineteen twenties were make a five day work week. Yeah, um, and then you standardize universal rights and universal day. rules, and you work um, on that. You make it not just about profits. Maybe you go to a 30-hour work week or a 35-hour work week because we don't need 32. Like for all these knowledge worker jobs that we have, you need about 32 hours a week to do most of it at most. And you could use the other eight to go nowhere else. And you could, you could have extra time. So like that's the sort of stuff you would do is you would start to eliminate the kind of nonsense that is unproductive that is just – Electric paper pushing again, even on the professional, like you know, white okay. collar level. That's what you I, do. I feel uncomfortable with it because I feel like sometimes you just need an individual to make these choices. But I actually feel like I, I'm not totally hating it as you explain it to me. You know, yeah, no. I'm not totally hating. Oh, shocker! Like uh, you know, it's it's got Get some. That Darwin's a socialist. I mean, no, I'm, I'm kidding, no, kidding. No, what 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 actually I think happened is that. There's a lot of different factors at play, but I think since like the early 1990s, there's been a little bit of tugboat of right-wing extremist media yeah. pushing the narrative a little bit and a little bit further right all the time. So everything on the left seemed a little bit more scary. Yes. But I remember like in – But it has been implemented several like times Eugene in a way Debs. that was clearly scary. Like, yeah. I, I, I like yeah. your implementation I, 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 is different from how it's been tried in nearly every circumstance. Oh, yeah, like, like, yeah, Helen Hillary. Keller was a socialist. They just, I remember learning that as a kid. Yeah, they just removed Helen and, Keller and Hillary Clinton from the Texas history books well, that's because idiotic. why? But yeah. Helen Keller was a socialist. It wasn't about her not being, you know, her heroic story of, you know, being blind and like all of that. It was that she was a universal there was, socialist. There was a period in the 1930s where America almost became a socialist country. Like, right, but like, care the, about the, people. but and then but, a lot but of the way that that does to, in our society. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Like that really does need to be like, look, there's a difference between like a labor movement and even like a nationalizing. Uh, uh, just of the boards no, like you're describing and the way that socialism not. is always enacted like it gets nationalized and by you're right. the government. No, there, is, there is a difference there is a difference between the way that the I guess it works on the books or it worked for Eugene Debs yeah the 1930 socialism is different and the way that authoritarian governments used it as a revolutionary mode of government I mean it's, it's the but that's same like how that, it like, always is because it's so tempting it's so easy with all that power it always is it's not know, happening in Sweden no, right now. Okay, so we had a relatively clean revolution and uh, country formation period for democracy, right? Over in France, it was messy yep. as fuck. Yeah. Like, they tried to do it and they killed each other and then they, like, yeah. the people who got killed came back and killed everyone else and those people came back and killed a bunch of people. Like, yeah. it wasn't 
It wasn't necessarily clean. We got away clean because we were so like, far they didn't, away. They didn't get a, yeah, they didn't get a clean implementation of democracy either. And I think it's been the same thing, uh, I guess, played out over a longer period of time. It's with because the implementation like, of quote-unquote socialists because the people who control the change that have a, an input. Well, right, know, but, like, but that's, that's, that's the fundamental assumption of socialism that is so dicey is do mm -hmm. you truly believe that in lieu of the capitalist overlords there will be this grand flowering of democracy or will it just be grabbed in the power vacuum by someone even more greedy? And it seems no. like the latter situation always seems to happen. I, I think the you two know? forces are necessary to govern a, a sane society. Uh, well, I sure. Think you, I, I, I think like, you need I, the compulsion towards the... You, if you're not an anarchist, you have to believe society. in government intervention on some level. Right. You know, like, and, and I'm not an anarchist. You know, I'm not a purist. I, I, I'm generally libertarian on things. But directionally mm -hmm. so. I don't believe in like a uh, pure no, tell, me, tell me more though. Is the best. Tell me more though about how men <laughs> need to be men. We have not gone into that topic enough. Men need to be men? That's been Darwin's hobby horse for a while. Oh, okay. Hobby um, horse? My men yes. need to be men? I don't, I, I'm, I don't, I don't uh, know like, that... I don't know no, that's, exactly what you're referring to. I don't. No, it's, you've, you've made a, you've made a couple of cases for positive masculinity, which I appreciated recently. Well, yeah, I mean, I do think podcasts. that men need so to sort of need to like that. have a discussion Given of what it is Kavanaugh. to be a man, you know. And I yes. think that that's one I of the unfortunate casualties yeah. of 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 you know, like the the just like how difficult it is to talk. Is I just think that like. Men, like it seems like we are enforcing the exact same gender stereotypes as we always have, which is that you know men are not really allowed to talk about their feelings, and that they are singularly singularly responsible for for solving this. You know, it's like I think that that the the, the reality is that that emotions are really hard to talk about in this environment and it does not make me think that any man i don't think any man feels like he has any incentive to reveal any emotions that he has okay and unless I would it's anger that, and a response to the me too movement along with depression along with the opioid epidemic along with politics in general i think that our economy is rendering a lot of people irrelevant and i think that a lot of men are dealing with that in a very man way in a bad way and right. i think that we well, need to have a conversation with men about what it is to be a man and how to respond to your feelings that's no, like, i think that's I, probably it, that's fair that's, that's a more nuanced point but yes no, no i no i agree with you i think i think i agree with you uh don't get too on far on that ledge because <laughs> Well, because I, I know that there's certain tie-ins to the men's rights movement. Yeah, the MRA nonsense. guys are really nonsense people. But, like, no, I mean, there is a, a higher rate of suicide amongst men. There, one in four boys will be sexually molested. Uh, I mean, there's there are men's issues. They can be talked about not to the exclusion of women's issues, and most of them are probably caused by our patriarchal yeah. society. Well, so they all tie back into each other. So just yeah. you know, if people weren't dicks. Well, given that given that my wife just walked in, uh, we probably ought to let this episode of Lofty Darwinism wrap up. Uh, but we, it's we been talked a good for a while. Moment. You have like 500 people actually listen to you. Something guys? like that, I think. Jeez. We're making that number it's fun. So yeah. 
<laughs> All right, Darwin. We got a small but dedicated. Thank you, Brentley. They, they, they're really sad, and they've been—they're not happy. We've not been out of out of commission, but we'll be back again next week, hopefully. Lofty Darwinism, everyone. All right, later. All right, All right thanks, man. Dude, that was great. <laughs> That's fun.